0: What's up? What's happening, everybody? And welcome into episode 139 of the Uptempo Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here to give a quick recap on week six in the Southeastern Conference. Man, Tennessee, put on a show. All right. Went down to Baton Rouge, handled business, put on a show. Mississippi State, people, a force to be reckoned with. I know they went to Baton Rouge earlier in the year, dropped a game there, but Will Rogers and Mike Leach are deadly. They proved it Saturday, big win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, hey, Alabama getting it done, finding a way with a backup quarterback. No Bryce Young, Jalen Milroe steps in. It was sloppy, turnovers, you know, you didn't play well. But you found a way. You found a way. Your defensive front pressured Haynes King all night. You found a way. It's what winning teams do. It's what championship teams do. That's what Nick Saban has done in his time there. So uh, Georgia and Auburn, look, we're going to do an Auburn recap tomorrow night. We were going to do that tonight. Dustin, he texted me and said, hey, man, I'm not feeling well. I might have the flu. So best wishes to him. Uh, hope, he gets, hope he gets well tonight, tomorrow, and he can hop back on here tomorrow night. So uh, Dustin, man, we're praying for you. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, but man, Georgia and Auburn, forty-two to ten, they bumped Georgia back up to number one in the polls. Look, I'll be honest with you. In my opinion, Georgia didn't look like the number one team in the country. You know, a lot of people. If you listen to this, you're a Georgia fan. You say, "Oh, well, you're an Auburn fan. You're just saying that because it's a rivalry game." Look, your offense, your offense isn't national championship caliber. It's not what it was last year. It's worse. you were playing a terrible Auburn team. Flat out terrible. And that hurts. It hurts to say. But it's the truth. And sometimes you have to take the orange and blue goggles off and you can't look through those lenses, people. Because Auburn is flat out terrible. They're pathetic. They're the worst team in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, they beat Missouri. All right? No. No. We didn't beat Missouri. I don't know what happened at the goal line, but we deserved to lose that game. We should have lost that game. Missouri gift-wrapped that game for us. The thicker kicker missing the the 26-yard field goal or whatever it was, Missouri gift-wrapped it for us. We wouldn't beat Vanderbilt right now. We wouldn't. And a lot of people, you might laugh at that. You might sit back and say, oh, man, Blake, you don't know shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, I tell you what, I watched Ole Miss and Vanderbilt play Saturday. I watched I watched a little bit of that, and I can tell you right now we would not beat Vanderbilt. If we had to go on the road to play Vanderbilt in Nashville, we would lose. We might get them at Jordan Hare. but if we had to go on the road, we would lose. We'd lose. And I'm being 100% honest with you. Auburn is that bad. They're that bad. So, I'm going to give you my quick thoughts on that. Uh, Before I get started tonight on college football, though, man, I want to come to you Atlanta Braves fans. How about them New York Metropolitans? Just absolutely gagging. Down the stretch, you've got this big-ass lead over the Braves all year long, and you just absolutely gag. And then you get in the playoffs. You get in the playoffs, and you got home field in New York at Citi Field, And you gag to the Padres, a team that won, what, 88 games. Juan Soto's not playing well. He's not hitting well. Hader had been getting roughed up. I know he had started to fine-tune some things, but Hader had a rough patch when he got shipped from Milwaukee to San Diego. And... You lose. You flat out don't show up, and you lose. Max Scherzer, they're paying you, what is it, uh, about $4 billion? <laughs> what is it, $42 million a year? And you go out there, and you lay an egg. You give up four bombs. You give up seven runs. And you're getting paid that much money. And the Mets are gagging. DeGrom comes back in game two. He does his thing. And then game three, Bassett, man, gave him up early. Gave him up early. The Padres strike. They don't look back. But the best part of tonight, the best part, was when they go to bring Edwin Diaz in the game, man, everybody on social media, are they going to do it? Are they going to play the trumpets? You damn right they're going to play the trumpets. You damn right they're going to play the trumpets. Should they have played the trumpets? Absolutely not. You're getting your shit pushed in at home. You're getting your shit pushed in at home. You don't play the trumpets. They're like, oh, well, it's his walkout song. Who cares? You're getting embarrassed in front of everybody. You were the lone game on tonight, and you were getting embarrassed. Everybody's laughing at you. And Edwin Diaz comes in, the guy that's supposed to be locked down. You're not supposed to get a hit off the guy. When you come in, you fear him. That's what we've heard from Mets social media, right? Well, Edwin comes in, base knock, gives up two, it's six to nothing now. And look, it's over, man. And and I'll tell you another thing, Mets fans, you're pissed poor, dog, because let me tell you something. I could never look at Yankee Stadium in the playoffs and see empty seats in the stadium. In a wild card matchup. In a best of three, you couldn't look in the seats and see empty, empty rows. Just completely empty sections. Like empty rows and sections in the playoffs. Could you see that at Yankee Stadium? Absolutely not. Yankee Stadium Tuesday night, when they take on the Cleveland Guardians, it is going to be absolutely packed. And the Mets fans, man. You didn't bring it. It's not good enough. But I absolutely enjoyed it. I, I loved watching every second of it. Man, I loved watching every second of it. And Mets got cocky. Mets got cocky. Social media team got cocky. Ball club got cocky. That's what happens. All right. Braves stayed the course the whole entire year. Kept pushing, kept fighting, bringing guys up. Uh, Grissom and, and and Michael Harris and those guys, man, money, might, absolute stud out there. It's just the Braves, man, what, what a position they're in. You got the Phillies now. What a series that's going to be. Bryce Harper, J.T. Arria, Muto. Uh, we know the Phillies don't have the bullpen uh, that you really need to make a World Series run, but it's a five-game series. I think there's going to be some fireworks in this series. So, I think it's going to be really exciting, man. Uh, no baseball no baseball playoffs tomorrow, but they're going to get back going Tuesday. It's going to be really exciting. If you would want me to do some baseball episodes, just hit my DM. We'll do some uh, right here in the playoffs because I know a lot of you, uh, you know, you're down here in Braves country and you, and you love listening to, to baseball talk. So, let me know. Hit me in my DMs if you want me to do a couple more episodes. I can do some previews, some recaps. Just let me know. But with that being said, we're going to kick it over here to the Belly Up Sports Network, and we are going to dive right in here and get after it. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What is up, everybody, and welcome back in. Man, week six, SEC football. It's already here and gone. Just like that, blink of an eye. Six weeks in, damn man, damn. Woo, first look. I want to start off with with Tennessee and LSU. It was the 11 a.m. game. All right, a lot of people were doubting Tennessee going on the road on going on the road to Baton Rouge. Some people were saying it was a trap game. You got Alabama the next weekend, the third Saturday in October. Uh, is Tennessee going to be looking ahead? Can they get caught here? Look, I told you on my week six best bets that Tennessee, minus two and a half, it was a lock, all right? It was the best play of the week. I love the Vols here. I love Hendon Hooker. I think he is Hemethy. I think he is in the Heisman Trophy uh, talk. I think that he is one and two with Bryce Young and, and uh, Will Rogers, you, those three guys in the SEC, man. Uh, the best three quarterbacks in the conference. You put them up there with C.J. Stroud, guys like that, Caleb Williams out of USC, those type of guys, man. They're electric. Uh, they're the best college quarterbacks in the country, man. Like those are those are five guys that I really like. Uh, there's some more out there, but those three guys in the Southeastern Conference, man. They're they're just. Uh, magnificent to watch play the quarterback position it really is it's it's watching hin and hooker man just the way he goes through his progressions uh, he's not a guy that wants to take off and run but as you saw saturday he will take off and run uh, he will stand in the pocket he will fill the pocket he doesn't have happy feet when he gets under pressure he moves throughout the pocket steps up goes through it all man it's really really impressive to watch hin and hooker play the quarterback position. and Hooker also throwing the deep ball with accuracy. It's incredible, man. It, it's, it's really, really fun to watch. This Tennessee team, they're exceptional. They really are. They're really, really good, man. And what Josh Heupel has done in the short amount of time, getting these kids up, getting them ready, getting the program completely turned around, doing a 180, going through the portal, whatever you got to do. He's got it there. He's got it there and th- that's my one thing to Auburn fans not trying to get off course real quick, but all these people are saying that you know, oh Auburn, if you fire Harson, you you know you just you can't get it back. It's gonna be a three to four to five year transition between coaches to get the program back. No, it's not. no, it's not. If you hire the right guy, they can go in like Hypo did and like Leach did and you can hit the transfer portal and you can bring guys in that fit your system and you can turn this thing turn this thing around in a year or two. Bang, you're right back on track. Tennessee, man, they've been dormant for years. Now Hypo got them in the top 10. They're rolling. And look, in this matchup, if you're LSU, could it start any worse? You muff the opening kick, Tennessee falls on it, they get a tutter. Uh, and and you know it just starts out just awful it starts out awful then it's not the way it's not the way you want to come out you got a top 10 team come into your house and you find yourself down seven to nothing then it's 10 to nothing then it's 13 to nothing at the end of the first quarter uh, and it's just uh When you have trouble moving the football, and you have trouble throwing the football, and you have a quarterback that is beat up, he's not a hundred percent healthy. Your offensive line is terrible. They can't look. They couldn't match up with Tennessee's defensive front. Tennessee was throwing stunts around, and LSU was just having an absolute time figuring it out. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. LSU couldn't run the ball. Uh, Jaden Daniels just looks so uncomfortable back there, man. He, and like we said the other night, he doesn't want to take shots down the field. I just, I don't know, man. LSU, they drop football after football after football. Their receivers. Just, they're not a good football team. And I told each and every one of you Auburn fans, when we lost to LSU and let them off the hook in Jordan-Hare, they weren't good. They were a subpar team. And we let a win get away that could possibly get us to a bowl game. Facts are facts, man. You might not want to hear it, but it is what it is. These Tennessee, this this Tennessee club, man. They, they got they got playmakers. They got playmakers. They got a two-headed monster in the backfield. Playmakers out at receiver. A damn good quarterback with Hendon Hooker. Josh Heupel's got them rolling. They went down into Baton Rouge, caused a couple turnovers, get a forty to thirteen victory. Super impressed them. I have them as my number five team in the country. I have them over Michigan as my number five team in the country. And now they're welcoming in Alabama this Saturday. So now, you're in my opinion, I'll let you know where Alabama should be. Because I don't think it's the number three team in the country. But... I think Tennessee, Tennessee should be the number five team in the country. It's my opinion. I think they're that good. But we're really going to find out this coming Saturday uh, with the third Saturday in October. So, congrats to Tennessee. Man, Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mississippi State with Rule Rogers, man. 70% completion percentage on the year Mississippi State I knew it was a bad matchup with Arkansas secondary no KJ Jefferson it wasn't looking good I told you like I said with Tennessee and LSU week six best bets I said you look at this Mississippi State Arkansas matchup it's not a good one Arkansas had trouble tackling in open space Uh, that's what Mississippi State does to you man they exploit your weaknesses they attack them they get the ball in the end zone uh, Mike Leach has done a fabulous job up there in Starkville. Arkansas had a lot of turnovers. Um, you know, the, not having K.J. Jefferson, it hurt. But, like I said, I'm not the biggest believer in K.J. Jefferson either. Uh, he's not an elite quarterback to me. Arkansas has lost three games in a row. The schedule gets even tougher. They still have to play BYU, Auburn. Man, it just it gets tough. LSU, so... Arkansas, man, what are you gonna do, Sam Pittman? You had the preseason hype, you had the ten and two, nine and threes, all the all the people were out on you right there. They they were loving it, man. Arkansas had a chance to finish second in the West. Now you're crumbling. What are you gonna do? You're facing adversity. Mississippi State can run the football this year. That's a big thing. They can run the football. We know Will Rogers you got the playmakers on the outside. You're playing really good defense this year. Could Mississippi State be a force in the West? And the Egg Bowl, can it mean something this year? Can it mean something this year? The rivalry of the state of Mississippi. Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is still undefeated. Got Auburn coming up this weekend. Got Alabama coming up in a couple weeks. That Egg Bowl might be stellar this year. It might be. There might be a lot on the line. Could be a New Year's Six Bowl on the line. Never know, man. Let's see how it plays out. But big win for Mississippi State. Will Rogers, like always, just phenomenal through the air. Uh, Big time win. Arkansas reeling. Uh, Three straight losses, like I said. We're going to see how they bounce back. Uh, My next game is Texas A&M and Alabama. All right, Texas A&M and Alabama, the nightcap. You know, look, Alabama fans, you were without Bryce Young. you come away with a victory. I felt like you were in control all night. I was never really worried about Alabama losing this football game. The only thing is the sloppiness. It's been a long time since I've seen just flat-out sloppiness. From Alabama. And I know Jalen Monroe is, you know, very limited game reps and, and, you know, the chemistry's not there with the receivers. Uh, Alabama, look, oh man, with that, Jameer Gibbs, all right, the other guys got to step up because Jameer Gibbs won this football game for Alabama. Uh, the the way he runs the football is incredible. The Alvin Kamara comps are real. That's exactly who he reminds me of. Uh, th- just the stop and go, man. The the one stop cut and everything at the line of scrimmage, and the, the burst of speed is freaky. It's freaky. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is that dude, and I think uh, a McClellan and those guys need to step up. Um, got to stop putting the got to stop putting the ball on the turf, man. Uh, Alabama did not play a clean game at all. But one thing that really stood out to me, man, was the pressure on the defensive side of the ball. Will Anderson just wreaking havoc on Haynes King all night. And that affected the very last play call in the game. All right. <laughs> Man, uh, what a piss poor play call it was. But you were limited there. Jimbo was very limited because he knew he couldn't run the ball because Alabama was just absolutely blowing Texas A&M off the line of scrimmage. We knew Texas A&M's offensive line was just piss poor coming into it. But uh, Haynes King, man, you get down there and Jimbo calls a three-yard hitch. You you run a hitch to the pylon and then he comes back to the one and even if you complete the pass dog he's not in the end zone he's not going to score what a shit play call and you can't fault Haynes King for it Texas A M fans all these Texas A M fans are all Haynes King sucks like why would you even look that way like that was the play it was the play to go to Stewart. It was predetermined. That was that was it. That was it. It was a one-man route. That was it. It was going to Stewart the whole way. And they ran a three-yard hitch. Jimbo thought he was going to fool somebody, and he didn't. Because he sucks at offense without Jameis Winston. Like we've always said. It's not good. It's vanilla. It sucks. But hey. Look. And another thing, Alabama fans, the Jalen Milroe bashing. Like, stop stop is is he an elite passer of the football no he's not all right but stop he did what he needed to do last night i know it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty at all but he did what he had to do you come away with a victory and this is a guy that hasn't had a lot of playing time limited very very limited reps he's got to get better as a passer he can't take off and run that baby. I will tell you that 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 dude is quick, son. He he can go, uh, but but just 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 tone it down a little bit and uh, be thankful that you that you have a Jalen row because you could be in Auburn situation. You know, you could be in Auburn situation, and that's not a knock to Robbie or, or TJ or anything like that. But but what I mean by that is. is you could be in the situation where your quarterback doesn't even have time to process things. You could be in a position where your offensive line is just letting anybody and everybody through. Whoever wants to have a picnic back there can come on through. And that's what I mean by that. So uh be thankful. Hopefully Bryce Young can come back for this Tennessee game. Uh, the rivalry looks like it's finally gonna be hyped up and and really be something this year. So can't wait for that. Neyland Stadium's gonna be rocking next Saturday, um, and the, and then finally the last game I want to talk about is Auburn Georgia. All right, Auburn Georgia, two thirty, CBS. Uh, Georgia comes out forty two to ten on top. Look, man, Auburn defense. I want to start here. Auburn defense. I thought you played your I thought you played your ass off. I thought you played your ass off. Top to bottom. You know, as long as you could go, you played your you played your ass off. Kobe Wooden, Derek Hall, Donovan Kaufman, DJ James played your ass off. Um It hurts, man. It hurts to see your defense hold a team like Georgia to 14 points in the first half, and you could barely move the ball across midfield in the first half. I think Auburn had like six or seven three-and-outs the entire game. I think they had like three or four drives where it was four play drives and they had to punt. It's just nothing there on offense, man. There's nothing there. Your offensive line is so bad. Your offensive line is so bad that Tank Bigsby is getting hit two yards in the backfield as soon as Robbie hands the football off. Tank is having to jump cut, avoid guys, and try to hit a hole. That's not there. It's that bad. It's terrible. And then the the play calling, you know, the third and eight, and we're running a screen to Shanker. We're running a screen to our tight end. Third and eight, midfield. You're down 18 points. You're down 21 to three. And we hand the ball off to Tank. We hand the ball off to Tank on third and eight, down 18 at midfield. We hand the ball off to Tank. And guess what? Right guard, absolutely whiffed. Never even put a hand on the guy. He runs straight. Run straight by him, never even put a hand on him. Tank Bigsby lost of four or five yards. That's how bad it is, people. The, the offense just isn't there. And as far as the fake punt in the in the in the first half, it's a zero zero game. Your your defense is playing lights out. And look, you can say, "Oh, well, the fake was there. It was there." All Auburn had to do was execute the block. All right, you don't run that in that situation. Period, man. You're handing Georgia, if you don't get it, you're handing them points. You're handing them points. Punt the football. Keep playing defense. Stetson knew. They put the camera on Stetson as soon as it happened and he was over there laughing. He was laughing. He was like, man, what what in the hell are they doing? Stupid man! Look, if you're gonna line up to go for it, there, put your offense on the field. Let Robbie throw it. Let him throw one of them Degrom fastballs. Let him throw a Degrom fastball. And and you know, is is Harson trolling us? Because I think he is. I think he's trolling us. I think it's just a big a big joke right now. Everything's a big joke up there right now. It's pitiful, man. It's pitiful. And I'm not here tonight to talk about firing Harson. That's not what I'm on here to do because I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I've said my piece. Uh, I've said what I think needs to be done, and I don't think there's any reason to keep on waiting because I'm sick of it. it. I feel like a broken record every single week. I get on here and I talk about how bad the offensive line is. I talk about receivers not not being able to get open. Guys, there was a play there was a play where it was like third and twelve, and we run two verts. All right, we go, we go. Um, who who was on the left side of the formation? Who was on the? I think it was Shed. I can't remember uh, who else it was, but it was Shed and somebody, and we ran two verts, and they were within two yards of each other. And Robbie just threw it up. So there's three Georgia defenders. And two Auburn receivers, all amongst each other. There is no creativity in this offense, none. Multiple times in the game, I would look over at my dad and say, "Did you just see? We had two. Ti- we had two receivers running in the same area. We had two receivers running in the same area. Robbie would throw the football, and there would be two receivers." right there at each other the offense isn't going to get it done in the southeastern conference it's not i would rather have mike bobo back i've said that a million times i would rather have mike bobo back it's just not going to cut it man it's not and robbie he has happy feet right now he knows that Georgia's defensive line was top notch he knows he was going to be feeling pressure is His instinct is to, to immediately roll outside of the pocket, take off to his right side, and, and try to make throws across his body. And when he did, he would throw it 100 miles an hour. Uh, it would be inaccurate. And, you know, a lot of the times there would be pressure, but then a lot of the times he would leave the pocket before he had to. So, you know, say what you want to. It looked a lot like Bo Nick sometimes and always trying to leave the pocket when, you know, you might not necessarily have to. So there's just, there's a big mess, man. And and you go into the half down 14 to nothing. Auburn has to be, their defense has to be feeling good. I know we weren't feeling good on the offensive side, but you come out in the second half and you force a turnover and you got a short field. And what do you do? You kick a freaking field goal. You kick a field goal, man. You go three and out. You get five yards. You get five freaking yards, man. You come out on first down, and you give it to Tank, and Tank bust it for five yards. And then you don't pick up another yard. Penalties. Penalties is another thing. Sloppiest shit I've ever seen in my life. And what did I tell Dustin the other night? In order to beat Georgia, you can't have penalties. You can't uh, stay behind the sticks at 2nd and 13 and 3rd and 14 and 1st and 20. It's a recipe for disaster. You aren't going to win football games that way. What did Auburn have? Seven false starts? That's pathetic. That's pathetic, man. It's middle school shit. It's pathetic. It's aggravating, man. Like I said, I feel like a broken record every single time I get on here. But you kick a field goal, 14-3, to 3, you're feeling good about yourself. Uh, I felt like Auburn was hanging around. I felt like they were hanging around. I said, hey, all we need is a big play on offense. You get a stop right here on, on D. You need a big play, maybe a big punt return or something like that, something to create a little momentum. And we can get we can get right back in this football game. Next thing you know, man, Stetson Bennett drives Georgia down. They take a twenty-one to three commanding lead, and that was it, man. You felt right there that was the ball game. The run game started to open it up for Georgia. I think in the fourth quarter they gained like two hundred yards. Uh, uh, you know, just I mean, it was insane. It, it just your defense can only be out there for so long, man. Uh, you know, every time your offense just sit there three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And, and Georgia starts putting together these long long drives of, of eight nine play drives man uh, it's just a lot to ask on your defensive guys so honestly I'll be honest with you I don't think Georgia looked like the number one team in the nation apparently the guys who get paid to talk about college football they think that they were the number one team in the nation with a 42 to 10 victory. Uh, over the Auburn Tigers, but I'll tell you, like I said earlier, I think Auburn's the worst team in the SEC, and the 42-10 to 10 victory didn't really impress me. I don't think they should be the number one team in the nation. I think if you're going to put a number one team in the nation, it should be Ohio State. It should be Ohio State 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3. Let's do it like that. How about that? And I know, Bama fans, you can come at me all you want to. Uh, you might say, like you always do, well, Ohio State doesn't play anybody. Well, they play in the Big Ten, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I don't care, okay? I don't care at this point. Ohio State, we know what they have offensively. We know what their new uh, D.C. is bringing with Jim Knowles. They're shutting folks down, man. They're shutting folks down. This isn't like the old Ohio State teams where they would get into dog fights. Uh, you know, with the Indianas, the Illinois, you know, there would be a week where uh, they would get upset by Purdue or something like that. You know, this looks like a different brand of Ohio State football. So uh, I would give Ohio State the number one ranking. I would slide Alabama down just to number two. And then uh, I would put Georgia at number three. So like I said, I don't get paid to talk college football from ESPN or the Associated Press. So, uh, that's my take on it, man. We're going to have Dustin hopefully back on here tomorrow night. Hopefully he starts feeling better and we can get him back in here to talk Auburn, Georgia, uh, and, and we'll talk a little Auburn Ole Miss this coming Saturday. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap this one up with a war damn eagle, and I'll catch you on the next one. I'm out. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com sign up to learn more with the new chevy silverado you might be driving in this but with the silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens it'll feel more like this Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.